Welcome to Twin Talk. This is Joy, and I'm here with my sister, Angie. It's Thursday, December 28th, and Angie just got off work, and I've been off work. Going to rub it in a little bit. And it's really cold outside. Very cold and dark. Yeah, and Joy made me go buy milk before we I came over to do the podcast, and then she sends me a text, oh, and some tea. And I almost oh, sent you another one. coconut milk. <laughs> and I almost sent you one that said, oh, and dog food, but I figured you'd be oh, like, oh, my goodness. Well, you should have seen me walking out the store, so I'm <laughs> glad you didn't ask for the dog food. <laughs> well, thank you for getting my groceries. You're welcome. All right. Well, today we're talking about a book called About Face, The Life and Times of Dottie Ponadel, and I'm not even sure if I'm saying that right, Makeup <laughs> Artist to the Stars. So this popped up as a suggestion on my Audible feed, and I'm pretty sure this was free. Um, I, I'll have to go back and double check, but I think this was a freebie. I thought, well, I'll just give it a chance. Well, I have to say, so Joy sent me the notes today for this podcast because she's read this and I haven't or listened to it. And very first line, you know, or the name, The Life and Times of Dottie Ponadell, I literally was like, who the crap are we talking I about? <laughs> I was the same way, like, okay, Dottie, never heard of her. Is this going to be any good? But and I, I literally say, was like, oh my gosh, what is this book about? <laughs> when I read the, the um, description, that's mm-hmm. what intrigued me. So I'm going to read, this is a description from where they're selling this book oh, on I'm, Amazon. I, trust me, I have an open mind. Okay. Go. <laughs> um, from Amazon, her autobiography is a story of a pioneer makeup woman in silent movies and early talkies she puts a new foundation play on words interesting the pun (laughs) on the stars from the golden age of movies enjoy Dottie's confidential revelations about Judy Garland Marlene Dietrich Mae West, Carol Lombard, Clark Gable, Gary Cooper, Joan Blondell, Paulette Goddard, Barbara Stanwyck, and others. Mm. So do any of those names, are any of those names intriguing to you? Are you yes. interested in hearing about any of them? Definitely. Like, the only person I've never really, or don't know much about is Joan Blondell and Paulette Goddard. The rest of them I've, I've absolutely heard and of. And actually, mm-hmm. it's funny you said that, because out of all those names, Dottie's very best friend was Judy Garland. Oh. And she also was friends with Paulette Paulette Goddard and uh, Joan Blondell. They would come over her house all the time. They were actually pretty good friends. Yeah. So one thing I think our listeners need to know about this book is, well, first of all, let's talk about how Dottie gets her jobs. And this is another thing about reading so many books, and I think we've hit on this many times, that because it's been a few weeks since I've read this book and I've listened to several books since then, I've already forgotten some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't remember where she moved from or why they moved, but I just know that her family moved to L.A., and someone told her, hey, it, uh, they got her a job on one of the movie set lots. So one of the, I think it was MGM lot. And at first, I think she was just doing petty jobs, like maybe cleaning. And then someone spotted her and said, hey, I think she would make a good extra. Like, I guess her face mm-hmm. was right for the job or whatever. And she was an extra in some of the movies. And she could dance. And so she got a few parts as the background, like dancing and things like that. Since this is the era of Judy Garland and Clark Gable, is that, am I the 40s? Am I in the right era? Uh, yes. This, yes. Most okay. of this book, a lot of it took place in the late 40s. Okay. 50s. I just want to see if I'm kind of in the right time period. You in my are. Mind. Okay. Well, anyway, so she starts becoming well-known because she's an extra in a lot of movies. And before you know it, she actually got a part in a movie because this director, he needed someone who could do this certain, like, Indian dance or who would dance. <laughs> See, I can't remember. <laughs> and she said, I can do that. And they're like, really? Okay, well, come, you know, come try out, come audition. And they're like, yes. And they let her have the part. So she starts getting these little bit roles, I guess, or a little, mostly, you know, I don't think she had a lot of lines, but... One day, the director was complaining about one of the starlet's makeup. 
And Dottie was like, well, I think you should accentuate her cheekbones more. And maybe if you did this with the nose. And she started giving all these tips. <laughs> and he's like, you really think you can do that? That you can make her look better? She goes, yeah, I could try. <laughs> so she takes the starlet back and she redoes her makeup and the director loved it. Hmm. So before you knew it, word started getting around the lot that oh, this girl named Dottie knows how to do makeup really well. And she would just look, and she would steal from other really famous artists. She would look at their the steals, you know, the starlets, and she would study them and go, hmm, okay, I think I know how he did this, like the eyes or the mouth or whatever. And she just learned and practiced. Well, the thing about those days was it was all male makeup artists, and they had a union, oh. I believe, and they did not want a woman in it. And mm. she had to fight tooth and nail through her whole career, according to this book, to get respect and get the same pay and rights as the men did. But once these big starlets like Judy Garland and some of them and Mae West even came to her, started demanding that she do their makeup. I think the men finally, like the studio managers, finally had to relent and go, OK, well, if our starlets are wanting her, we've got to use her. That's how she made her living the rest of her life was being a makeup artist to the stars. Yeah. And you would think these female stars would want a female doing their makeup a lot of them would be more comfortable mm -hmm. and, and naturally you think a woman would know would be more aware of how to do makeup one interesting thing that I, I like that she said she said she gets really disappointed when she would watch modern day movies because she felt like all the stars look like bones <laughs> she said you know back in the day when I was a makeup artist the men all had suit coats and ties and hats mm -hmm. and the women would have beautiful evening gowns or at least it, it, they would have pretty dresses on all the time and pearls mm -hmm. and she said you know I was, I, obviously that's not everyday life but at least in the movies they look glamorous and she said and these women were truly beautiful she said they were beautiful before she ever put makeup on but once she put makeup on them they look like goddesses you know mm -hmm. and she said these days you can just take any old average joe and make them up and you know photoshop or whatever you need to do with the computer or whatever she basically said she just said she's just disappointed that there are so many people who don't dress up and just look kind of sloppy these days in the movies and just stars in general. So she misses that age of elegance and glamour. That is interesting. You just reminded me of something. There was this man I used to work with, and he just was going on and on about Carrie Underwood and how beautiful she was. Well, I have seen some pictures of her mm -hmm. with no makeup and no hair. And I was like, you know, she's probably just your average looking mm -hmm. woman. And he just kept arguing and <laughs> arguing with me that, no, she naturally looked like mm -hmm. that. I said, look, and I made the point that you just kind of made. I said, look, I truly believe you can take almost any woman. If you have the right hair and makeup, you can make them look beautiful. Yes. And he argued with me. <laughs> so anyway, it's just funny that you said that. I agree with you. I've, I've seen lots of pictures of stars without their makeup on, including Carrie Underwood. And, mm -hmm. he, and he needs to yeah, go I'm back. I'm not knocking Carrie Underwood. No, but I think yeah. Carrie Underwood's pretty. Don't I get too. me wrong. Right. But I, I don't think she's just like the most beautiful woman right. in the world. I, I, I think that's have, her appeal. She's just as fresh-faced, mm -hmm. everyday American girl. Yeah, and if you have, I'm telling sure. you, if you have money and you have access to someone who can do your hair and makeup, you can be completely transformed. And fitness and nutrition and so that specialist. Is, yes, and that's an interesting point that I do believe most of your stars back then were naturally beautiful. Yes, yeah, and if you go were. back and look yeah. at her when she was on American Idol in the early days. We're still talking about Carrie. Okay. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm back to Carrie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I said, she was pretty. She was mm -hmm. cute. But, you know. Oh, yeah. Have you seen her audition? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I went back and watched yeah. her original audition mm -hmm. a while back. 
And yeah, but now that she dresses differently, she dresses more glamorous. Mm-hmm. Now she has the makeup and the hair. She's beautiful. Yeah. I agree. I, yeah. I agree with you. Sorry, I didn't mean to get off on it. No, I yeah. think it's interesting <laughs> mm-hmm. um, how what Dottie said about these women were truly beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that's why they were chosen because they were truly beautiful and talented. And today, I don't think beauty is quite as, as important as yeah. far as being a starlet and being a big movie star. Because mm-hmm. if you think of some of our biggest movie stars, I think of Mar- Meryl Streep. Yeah. She's not mm-hmm. attractive. Once say. again, nothing against Meryl Streep, but she's right. not your everyday, our kind of preconceived notion well, of beauty. Well, that's like Gwyneth Paltrow. I mm-hmm. just do not think she's attractive. Right. I have never thought she was attractive either, but she gets lots of big time guys. As well know. as she got like most beautiful woman on some magazine. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'll tell you how she got that. Yeah, I, I would, oh, you say, probably already know the story. I heard that her, someone made the comment her publicist is really good. Yeah, she has a really yeah. good publicist yeah. and they were able to pull some strings yeah. and get her on the cover. Sometimes I feel like our Media and Hollywood tells us who they tell us who is beautiful, yes. and, and I just don't necessarily agree. And so many times it's behind the scenes and political, and it has nothing mm-hmm. to do with that. Yes, it's, yeah, absolutely, I agree. Mm-hmm. So what I was going to say a while ago, something I think our readers should know is, yes, I mentioned all those big time names like Clark, Clark Gable and Carol Lombard and Barbara Stanwyck, but really she just gives very brief anecdotes on most of the stars that she talks about. Judy Garland is the main focus of the book. I would say Judy Garland probably took up ninety to ninety five percent of the book because they were like best friends well then that right there would be a good book in itself because we all know judy garland had lots of demons mm-hmm. and she had a lot of i feel like she's kind of a tragic figure of hollywood yes so i she, think that would yeah, be interesting. she's definitely known as a tragic yeah, not figure. not only the things we do know about her and here you have a woman who did her makeup who was you know intimately acquainted with her yes so i, th- I think that would be very interesting to hear what she said yes about her. so that's why from this point forward the majority of our discussion is going to be about judy garland because mm-hmm. 90 per- percent of the books about Judy Garland. Okay. For those who don't know, Judy Garland lost her father at a young age, and then her mother was see, like I didn't one know of these. That. See, I didn't either. Mm-hmm. I think she was ten or eleven. Mm-hmm. Her mother was very demanding. She's one of these stage mothers that just, you know, almost vicariously living through her daughter and demanded a lot through her daughter throughout her life. Not only because of her daughter and directors and movie producers, she would work herself to exhaustion many times and come on the verge of nervous breakdowns and just literally physical exhaustion many times. Mm-hmm. They put her on diet pills as a child basically by today's standards it's considered abuse what all she went through and then I think as a result of her father dying and having to live with the mother that she had and everything that she went through she kept looking for happiness Mm -hmm. they said she truly was the happiest on stage but she was constantly searching for happiness well she would search for it through like shopping and traveling and husbands Mm -hmm. she went through multiple husbands one of the interesting things to me and I don't think I knew this, you may have already known this, was that Judy Garland made a lot of money. She's one of the highest paid actresses in Hollywood, but there came a point towards the end of her career that she was broke and she would call Dottie asking her for money. Oh, you're kidding. No. And Dottie refused to give it to her. Dottie probably knew it wasn't going to help her yes. give her any money. Yeah. So Dottie's niece was sent to live with her. 
And the niece is one of the ones that helped finish this book. Mm. See, that's another thing. I think Dottie started writing the book and then died of MS. And then Mm -hmm. I think her niece felt compelled to finish the book. And she was able to because she had heard all these stories from Dottie. So anyway, her story was that Judy would call in the middle of the night crying and begging Dottie, you know, I'm broke. I need money. And Dottie wouldn't give it to her. And she was such a young girl. She didn't understand why won't you give her money? She needs money. We love her. Why aren't we helping her? And the next time Judy called in the middle of the night, she said, Judy, um, I've been saving and I have $100 that you can have if you want it. And she said, Judy Garland just got quiet and said, go get your aunt. And that's all she replied to her. And then finally, one day when she was older, Dottie explained to her, no one can help but Judy, but Judy herself. Mm-hmm. She said, if I gave her the money, she wouldn't do the right thing with it. And she'd be right back in the situation she is now. She said, I know you're really young and you don't understand this, but giving her money is not the right thing to do. Was she using it on drugs or alcohol? They said she just had no concept of money hmm. and that she would like, for example, Dottie was a recipient. They would go to New York and stay at the best hotels and drink the best wine or champagne and eat the best meals. They would go to Paris. They, there's a she whole chapter. She was extravagant. Yes, there's a big long chapter about them all going to Paris and how much money was spent and how much Judy would spend on her friend. I mean, she was an extravagant giver Mm -hmm. and she would pay for these luxurious hotels and meals and, and, you know, trips. She didn't keep tabs on how much money she Mm -hmm. had and half the time she spent money she didn't really have to spend. Wow. And so it came back to bite her. They become best friends. She said Judy would call her all the time in the middle of the night when she was an insomniac or even have her come over. They spent so much time together. When um, Judy died, Dottie was heartbroken mm-hmm. and so was her niece. And, and she said she gets really angry when people speak badly of Judy. She says she um, hates it when she would read. This is Dottie. She said she'd hate it when she would read negative articles about Judy in the newspapers or magazines because she said these people really didn't know what they were talking about and she knew Judy better than anyone one according to Dottie Judy was a great person she was a great giving loving person she just had her demons like you said mm-hmm. okay so I'm just going to go over the pros and cons of the book to me the pros were there are lots of interesting stories and of course if you're a Judy Garland fan you're going to get to hear lots of kind of behind the scenes stories about Judy Garland. I felt like I was sitting in Dottie's living room. It's almost like you're sitting with an older woman who's had a really interesting life and a really interesting career and getting to sit and listen to what these stars were really like. So you listened to this on Audible. Yes, I listened to um, this on Audible. Was the narrator anyone? Um, not anyone I know okay. or not. I don't think it was anyone related. I think that was someone just hired to read it. Okay. And that leads me to the cons. Okay, so the, it's a. It sounds like kind of a young, high pitched girl's voice, and she's real <laughs> positive, and she everything she says is real positive. But it kind of got on my nerves. I'm sorry, narrator. They probably <laughs> told her just to be upbeat and positive through the whole thing. And I felt like even when she was telling sad stories or kind of depressing stories, she her voice was too positive for what she was saying. Does that make sense? I didn't. Her tone didn't the tone match what did she was match saying. The, the content. Yeah. Con- yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. And so, and another con of listening to the book. It's not the book itself but just listening to the book I was reading online that the actual book has tons they said of gorgeous photos of these starlets that she would talk about in her oh, in I would her like story to see that. yes and so that's why I think if I can find a cheap 
copy of it online, I'll probably get it because I want to see those pictures. And it makes you think some of them might have been her personal photos. Yes. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, when her niece was going through her all her stuff, mm-hmm. she kept finding all these steals. You know how they do the wow. publicity shots of all these starlets. And I thought, how cool would that be? Yeah, I mean, You're going through your aunt's stuff and you just see picture after picture of these famous Hollywood yeah. starlets from back. You That's know. like opening up a treasure chest. Yes, so exactly. Cool. Mm-hmm. Another con, of course, is language. They, they take God's name in vain several times. There's quite a bit of cussing, especially when she is is quoting other stars. And one that did not surprise me, because I think I've read this somewhere else, was Carol Lombard. Mm-hmm. They said she's kind of like one of the guys. Everybody mm-hmm. loved her. Everybody wanted to be around her. But she said she could cuss she with the best. mouth. Yeah, yeah, she had a potty mouth. Mm-hmm. She could cuss with the best of them. And a lot of them, like I said, a lot of the anecdotes, she's quoting the stars. And some of them just really, uh, they just cuss pretty bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it sounded to me like there wasn't much of a moral compass. Oh, that leads me mm-hmm. to one point I forgot left mm-hmm. out. I mm-hmm. guess I know the casting couch is a real thing and it still exists to this day. But Dottie herself, she would have these directors promise her parts in movies before mm-hmm. she was a makeup artist. Mm-hmm. And she literally would get chased around the room. And in the book, she makes wow. it sound funny. And like, oh, I had to run it from that one. And <laughs> we went around the couch a few times and I finally escaped out the door. She kind of made it lot Like it happened several times to mm-hmm. her. It made it sound really lot hard in the book, but you know that probably really traumatized her because yeah. she said she literally had to run from a few men. Yeah. And she also had promises for other parts, but, but the people would tell her, but you know what that means. Like, you're going to have to sleep with the director. Mm-hmm. And she said, tell him no, because I'm not that type of girl. It is sad. The more and more I read about old Hollywood, mm-hmm. I don't know how it is now, but that was just how it was. Mm-hmm. Everyone had to sleep with someone prominent, and there was a lot of people that claimed to have been raped. The price of fame was, it was a big price to pay. Yes. So, yeah. but that's a whole other podcast, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. My recommendation would be, if you're interested in the golden age era of movies, you know, if you're interested in the old glamorous early 40s, late 40s, early 50s, there are some pretty good, interesting stories. And definitely, if you're a Judy Garland fan, for sure, you would want to read this because you might even maybe get to hear some stories you've never heard. Okay, yeah, I think it sounds very interesting. All right, well, I do have some trivia for Angie. We're going to see how well she knows Judy Garland. Since most (laughs) of the book was about Judy Garland, I came up with five trivia questions for Angie, and we'll see how she does. Judy famously said this in what movie? Toto, I've got a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Okay, that was The Wizard of Oz. Very good. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Have you ever watched The Wizard of Oz? I know that's a funny question because most people have probably seen it, but have you ever seen either the old version or any of the newer versions? You know, growing up, we had those three channels that we always talk about, and it would just come on like once a year, and because it was kind of the special of the week or whatever, we would watch it, but honestly... It was never, I never really was crazy about the movie. It was too stagey. You could just tell it was set on stages and mm-hmm. um, not to say I didn't like Judy Garland and Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Uh, that's mm-hmm. probably one of my favorite songs. Like, I love that, that song. It's matter so fact, sad. We were listening to it the Every other time day. I hear it, I want to cry. It's so We were listening melancholy. to that in the car not even a week ago, me and my daughter. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this song makes me cry. When well, she, but it has to be sung by her. She, yes. No one can do it like Judy. No, nobody but Judy. Mm-hmm. And I know Olivia 
Olivia, my daughter, sang it with a few other girls in their play. And I almost started cheering up. There's something yeah. about the song that's so melancholy. Oh, that was, the, that was the question, yes, too. Yes, I was going to say. What your... signature song did Judy sing in The Wizard of yeah, Oz? I was going to say, she just hit on number two. But before we go there, mm-hmm. my first memory of watching The Wizard of Oz is we were at my, our grandmother Jenkins' house, and she had an old... TV. I think she probably got like black one or two. It was black and white. I had the big bunny ears, the big antenna <laughs> on top. And I remember Wizard of Oz coming on, but it was so snowy, it was hard to see. Hmm. And I, but I'm with you. For some reason, I've never really been into the Wizard of Oz, and I n- have never been able to put my finger on it why I'm not mm-hmm. a big Wizard of Oz fan, and nothing mm-hmm. against Judy Garland, like you said. But I think it's interesting that neither one of us really got into the that. The one line. thing I like about Wizard of Oz is Judy Garland. Yes. Like, I like her. I like her character. And I love her. She did a great acting job. I guess it's the rest of it I don't like. Yeah, maybe it's <laughs> and too much. That, we're not big fantasy fans. Yeah, maybe exactly. It's too fantastical. Yeah, I agree. And there's some people that, like, collect everything there is to do with the Wizard of Oz. Yes. I think Amanda, our niece, I think she collects. Oh, I didn't or, know or used that. to collect Wizard of Oz, I think. Okay. All right, here we go. What signature song did Judy sing in The Wizard of Oz? Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Yes, and I didn't look this up, but I would imagine that that song has probably been re-recorded by many different artists. Oh, I'm sure. How old was Judy when she began performing? Do you think she was two, four, or six? Oh, goodness. Um, I have no idea. Let's go with 4B. She was actually 2. Oh, goodness. And I can't even imagine. You can't no. even really walk when you're 2. No. I guess you start walking from 1. Wow. But I would like to know the story behind that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was her mother because her mother was the one that really pushed her to be a performer. But I would like to know what it was. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, was it a commercial? There, there, weren't, there weren't Pampers commercials back then. So, I, I mean, <laughs> right. it makes you wonder. I know. How many times was Judy married? Hmm. You said she was married a lot. Mm-hmm. Three, Almost, five, or seven. Let's just say seven. Let's go with the big okay, one. It was actually five. Okay, good. good which is still a lot. <laughs> it's still a lot. Yeah. And actually, I think she was talking about leaving husband five when she died. She was oh, just about okay. to leave him when she died. So I, it was, been more. I was hoping it was three or five. Yeah. So, okay, good. <laughs> and um, I think she gosh, I, I think she was even married to Mickey Rooney. And, of course, she was married to Liza Minnelli's dad, you know. Oh, you just answered the next oh, question. Just, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I already knew the answer. It's okay. You probably already knew yeah. it. Yeah. The next question was, what is the name of Judy's famous daughter who who was also a singer and performer? So that is Liza that Minnelli. That is Liza Minnelli. But I will tell you this. I was probably way into adulthood before I realized that Liza Minnelli was her daughter. Me too. Yeah. I, I had no idea. Well, I watched a documentary on Liza Minnelli probably just a a month or two ago, it wasn't very long, and I thought, what is it? Why? Is she? And I know she's famous because she's Judy Garland's daughter, but if you ever get a chance to watch it, I can't think of the name of it, but it's all about Liza Minnelli's life and her relationship with Judy. The only thing I know about Liza Minnelli is she's known for being on stage. Yes. So, Broadway. And she must be really good because yes. she's, she seems very famous, but she, that's um, the only thing I've ever known her for is, yes. is like Broadway. And she always wanted praise and adoration from her mother and it was very hard one as well according oh. to the documentary there was a little bit of a you know between mothers and daughters there can be some friction there and i mm-hmm. think that relationship wasn't the best but she does have a lot of good memories of her mother I was gonna say was she spent a lot of her time uh, performing and on stage and she kind of did her own rendition of new york new york and man, they showed her perform that on stage, New York, New York. Oh, okay. And I want to tell you something. It sent shivers down my spine. Incredible singer. Oh, Incredible. wow. Okay, yeah. I'll have to look that up and see if I can't watch that. 
Okay, well, I think we're about to wrap things up. Angie, does this sound like a book you would like to read? And I think yeah. you mentioned this earlier. But yes, absolutely. It sounds like maybe it's not too long of a book. Um, no, guessing. I think it was about maybe four or five hours on oh, okay. Audible. So I'm not sure how many pages it has, though. Okay, well, four or five hours. Book. That's absolutely doable. Yes, I'll probably listen to it soon. It sounds well, very interesting. Well, if you do listen to it, we'll come back. We will ask you a few questions. We'll get mm-hmm. your reaction. We'll okay. give your get your rating. I'm giving it three Hollywood stars. Okay. <laughs> and we'll see what you give it. And we'll just, uh, like I said, we could add it on to this podcast. So. Okay. That sounds good. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you next time on Twin Talk. Twin Talk.